Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio, uh, the summer podcast. We're uh, going back and talking about first season and possibly second season episodes because that was before uh, we started. We started in third season, and we're calling it the That Was Then, This Is Now uh, podcast. Um, A little tip to a book by S.E. Hinton, a big fan, of course, of Supernatural probably best known for The Outsiders, but that was then. This is now with her second novel, and also very good. Uh, anyway, tonight we are going to be talking about Pilot, Wendigo, and Dead in the Water, which I will forever and ever and ever type as Dean in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> Do it every single time. It is appropriate. <laughs> Um, first, I guess um, people can call in tonight, right? If they have something to sure, ask sure. to talk about. Yeah, so um, we'll probably talk a little bit and then maybe get to Collins in a bit. Uh, that number, though, is 64. Nope, I'm lying. It's 347 9801. Thank you for listening. We are on blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. You can subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can go to our site, winchesterbros.com. Click on the Winchester Radio logo on the side of the page, and you can always find us um, on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Bros. Not just uh, things about the podcast, but all supernatural news and related news. And we have a particularly big piece of news to report this week. Um, Becky, Benny, you want to you want to make a big announcement? <laughs> Are you talking about the oh, well, yeah. yeah, last night, every, everybody should have seen by now that last night Danielle did tweet that she had the baby on May 30th, happy, healthy baby girl, uh, Justice J. Ackles, and they're going to call her JJ. So congratulations, yes. Jensen and Danielle. We're so very happy for you. It's just mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful news, a new addition to the Supernatural family. Yep, welcome, welcome, Justice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, she said she was. She says, "Oh, she was born happy and healthy." And I just think, how do you know she was happy? <laughs> because <laughs> she's like well, a couple hours old. Really angry. Some babies <laughs> come into the world really angry, and some come out really chill and just like, "I'm happy to be here." So <laughs> you, you can tell. Some are just really upset that they've been ripped out of their home. Yeah, it's like I was comfortable in here. It was warm. For nine months, you just ripped me out. But no, apparently she was she was okay with it. She was she was cool and happy. Um, I I actually I think that's a very interesting first name. I I like that it's a little bit different, but not as crazy as some celebrity names out there. Like they didn't name her Apple. Thank goodness, or fluffy peachy Trixie Bell. Thank you, Bob Geldof. <laughs> you know, so that sort of thing. And uh, JJ, that's very appropriate. I keep thinking I, about I, JJ from Criminal Minds, though. So yeah, you know, yeah. She will, she'll grow up to be a badass behavioral analysis unit FBI agent, and that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, that would be pretty awesome. Um, 
I want to say, gosh, what was I going to say about JJ? Oh, I was just going to say that um, the letter J is a very important letter in the world of supernatural between her father, her uncle Jared, Jim, Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, how many other J's do we have in supernatural? Oh, yes. well, there's, there's a lot of Jim. J's. We've got Jim Beaver and Jim Michael, so we've got two Jims. Yep. There's not just one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So, welcome, baby. Welcome, baby justice. I don't know. I also I want like to, um, not to change the subject, but I also want to mention that we about our new app that we have. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a new app that you can um, get on your smartphone, um, iPhone, or Android. And you can also download it to your um, tablet. You can go to our website, and there's a link right on the right side of the page, and the app is totally free. It's in the Google Play Store for your Android device right now, and it's, con- and it's right now where we've submitted it to the App Store, and it's just waiting for it to be approved. So you'll be able to get it through uh, your iPhone to the App Store or, um, le- at a later date, or you can click on the link and get it through email or by scanning a QR code. And we've been having a lot of fun with it, so let, um, check it out and let us know if you like it. I think it's and pretty since awesome. We're doing news at the yeah, since we're doing news at the beginning this day. Um, <laughs> we're also Surprise. we're also we've also um, fundraising for Team Levi uh, t- uh, 2013 has begun, and we do have a link on the front page of our website. You can go and donate, and we have some fun stuff um, to auction soon. Uh, as soon as we get all that in line, but. It's going to be a lot of fun this summer. Mm-hmm. That is very cool. And I guess the uh, fundraiser for JJ, Baby JJ, is still going on a little bit longer in case um, anybody oh, donated yet and want to And there's one more week left for Kevin Park's um, Team Supernatural Ride to Conquer Cancer. Uh, one more week left in that until he actually does the rides, and that link is also on the front page. You can click there to help donate um, the Conquer Cancer for Kevin Park. And then we also have the fundraiser going as well. I know this is a lot of fundraisers, uh, but it's all for very good very good um, projects. The, we also have a fundraiser going, Supernatural Family. The, um, the family business is saving people. So we're trying to help the people in Oklahoma who were affected by the horrible, horrible tornadoes. So we, we have a fundraiser for the American Red Cross going for that. When you can find that link on our Twitter, Facebook, and website. Yeah, and, you know, every little bit helps. So I, I know there's a lot going on out there for fundraising, but, but you know, uh, don't don't think maybe what you could donate to each one is too small. I'd say every little bit helps and it adds up, and it's all much appreciated by everyone involved. So, um, huh. And you people only thought we were talking about the pilot. And we're <laughs> 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 well, get, get it out of the way to talk about, because we're going to talk about three episodes today, the first three episodes of the show ever, mm-hmm. which... I'll be someone to admit that I haven't really rewatched from the beginning, like had a solid, thorough rewatch since probably season 
four was on, maybe season five. Um, there's just a lot of TV out there to watch. And I have it, you know, catch an episode here and there on TNT, getting ready for work and stuff, but it, this is going to be fun. But I mm-hmm. realized how much I have forgotten, too. And also, mm-hmm. oh, my God, how young they look. Oh, I can't handle how young yes. they look. Jerry's just yes. a baby. And yeah. when, when the show started, you know, Jared and I are very close to be the same age. But I remember watching the pilot, and although I watched the pilot a year after it aired, because I didn't start the show right when it aired. Um, I remember thinking, God, he looks like such a little boy. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. I get it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get it now. Uh, it, I yeah. didn't get it until 2007, but in 2006, when I started watching, I was like, mm, I get it. In 2007, I got it. Yeah. But I, um, yeah. they look like such babies. Yes, they do. And I did not start watching from the pilot because, as I said, I didn't have a, even have a local channel to watch it on, so... I think Becky, you you started from the beginning, though, right? I was going to say what they like. Yep, I started from the very first time it aired on WB at Tuesday night at a nine o'clock, right after Gilmore Girls, and yep, I watched Ooh. it from there, and it was I loved it. The first you know, first time it aired, it was like wow, this is this is good. This could be my Buffy replacement, and it it was you know the music. You know, hearing ACDC, you know, in the show is what got me because it's like, oh, they play my music. I like this, you know, because there's no other mm-hmm. show on TV, you know, that plays that kind of music. And and mm-hmm. then the show is so good and so creepy and scary, and I just was hooked from the from the get go. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say this could be my Buffy replacement because that's the exact reason I didn't want to watch this show. I have a friend. Uh, an online friend, Jordan, and Winter Life, um, she, when this show, when the pilot aired, she immediately was, like, on I Am telling me, like, you have to watch this show. And I was still really bitter about not only not having Buffy in my life anymore, but about Angel being canceled. That I wanted nothing mm-hmm. to do with anything that had anything to do with paranormal plot lines. I was just so bitter and upset. And I was too busy watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I was like, no, I watched Grey's Anatomy. That's a good show. Funny thing is, I wanted to say something really, con- really controversial. Before I started watching Supernatural, I would, because I had friends that were watching it, I would kind of, like, follow the fandom a bit. And everyone was just, you know, had all these um, meta essays about the gender issues, the misogyny, the race issues, everything. And I was sitting there going, if you really want to see gender and race issues, you should watch the show I'm watching, Grey's Anatomy, because it's rife with them. So today, to this day, I maintain that Grey's Anatomy is far more misogynistic and race issues than Supernatural will ever be. But mm-hmm. um, that's just my opinion. That is my very strong opinion on that. <laughs> well, for me, I'm because I did not watch Supernatural on Tuesday night. So when I first got a chance to watch it, it had been moved to Thursday night. And I started in second season, and it wasn't even the beginning of second season. It was in the middle, and uh, uh, the uh, 
founder of this podcast kept talking about the show and insisting you're going to love it, you know. So I'm like, I don't know. And and she was a was a Sam fan, a Jared fan, and I'm like, I don't I don't see it yet, <laughs> you know. And I knew Jensen's work already from Days of Our Lives and a little bit Dark Angel, so I was more familiar with him. And I kept going uh, to Sam, well, I'll take your word for it, and maybe sometime I'll try and watch, you know, for you. <laughs> you say I'll like it. And the first step that, that where I really got it for me and what I liked in a show was heart, especially um, the, the final theme. But, yeah, it took a little bit. And I was loyal to the OC, which aired Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. And it was in its last little half season. And I said, I'm just going to finish it. I, I, I'm, I you know, I'm going to stick with it to the, the end. <laughs> what? The, the last season of the OC is so much, uh, it's, so, it's too emotional for me. <laughs> I loved that show. I I love, 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 loved it, even in their not so great moments. They're questionable uh, decisions. <laughs> um, I the first season was just fantastic, and then they for me the fourth season they figured it all out, got it together, and knew it was the last, and had a great ending. Just just great. And yes, I'm still very very attached to that show. Brian Apple <laughs> is my favorite, and and I started watching Vampire Diaries for fun and uh, Paul Wesley will forever be Ryan's bad friend from Chino. <laughs> it like, took me forever to get past that. It is fun to play spot the OC character in everything. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was, when, um, anyway. when Supernatural was, uh, when they were first promoting the, the first episode, the big thing for all the commercials and all the print ads and everything was uh, watch with the lights off, and that was the big mm-hmm. thing. You know, watch with the lights off. And so I made that night. You know, I was all excited again. You know, I made sure every light in the house was off. You know, when I sat down <laughs> to watch it, because I was like, I am going to enjoy this to the max. You know, so <laughs> I just sat down and turned off all the lights, and oh, it was totally worth it. It was awesome. I was after yeah, and of course, day, you know, like, the burning women on the well. ceiling lit the room up for you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd never heard of Jared Padalecki before, because it was before I ever, I didn't start watching Gilmore Girls until after I knew who Jared was and went back and rewatched it. So I'd never heard of Jared before. I knew Jensen from Days of Our Lives in Smallville. And so I wasn't even, I, you know, I didn't want, I wasn't, I didn't go into the show because these two great guys. I started it because the show was just awesome. You know, it had my music. Mm. It was creepy. It was scary. And then later on, I was like, "Ooh, the guys are awesome too." So. Mm. <laughs> I knew who I knew who Jensen was um, because I did watch Dark Angel and I watched it in real time. So I knew who he was, but um, it wasn't one of those like I don't know. I didn't care. <laughs> like I don't, he wasn't. I was really focused on Jessica Alba. I really did. Jensen Ackles and Michael Weatherly were not blips on my radar whatsoever, and now I adore them both. But I was really just, all I cared about was Jessica Alba. And Jared I knew of, by the time I watched Supernatural, uh, I had seen House of Wax before because I adore Chad Michael Murray like you wouldn't believe. 
So I knew him as Tom Michael Murray's friend in that one movie. That was the extent of it. That was the extent of my Jared Padalecki like, knowledge. Because in House of Wax, I was like, that guy's tall. I like tall. That was it. That, that was that was all I had. I had this Jared knowledge before I started Supernatural. Supernatural for me was also something that could help me get over losing Buffy and Angel and the X-Files, which uh, was one of my very, very all-time huge favorite shows. And then... I lost that, I lost Buffy, I lost Angel. I'm like, is there ever going to be any other good TV? <laughs> exactly. So. That was exactly, yes, exactly me. That was me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was, it's so, it was filmed so beautifully. Like, I'm watching the scene right mm-hmm. now where the boy um, took um, Constance Welch to her house. And just that old house and everything just looked, Beautiful, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just shot so that's, well. That's one thing I was thinking rewatching it because the show is shot so much. It's still a beautiful show, but it's it's shot so much differently than it used to be. And I remember mm-hmm. um, back when the show first started, LJ was still a big deal. It's you know no longer the cool thing to do, but it was at the time. And I remember icon makers all across the internet land complaining about how hard it was to make icons and banners out of supernatural caps because the show was just so dark and the contrast mm-hmm. was so intense and that was and they you know it was a really difficult show to make fan art of because you know technology has also come a long way in 8 years but back then yeah but it's mm-hmm. it's got its own it's got its own really unique beauty and you really hadn't seen a show shot in that manner back then mm-hmm. no and yeah i i really noticed today when i was rewatching the three episodes we're talking about tonight, how differently, how different the show looks. You know, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it looks more like a, mm-hmm. a movie, a film, back then than it does mm-hmm. now. I don't know what changed. You know, uh, I, I I wish it looked like it did then. You know, it's still gorgeous, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's a different kind. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I prefer the way it originally looks. I just, you know, it was absolutely gorgeous. And more, yeah, it was know, like. Watercolors. It was like watercolors to me. Exactly. And whoever was doing the watercolors used a lot of grays Mm -hmm. and blacks and browns and and, and the the shades of green that they would that they would use. You know that really those you know army kind of greens. Even with the the foliage, Mm -hmm. it never looked. It didn't look saturated green. Everything was really really desaturated, and it Mm -hmm. added a lot to the mood of the show. I think. And you can also see, uh, especially when I was watching Dead in the Water earlier, I mean, obviously we all know Jensen Ackles has bright green eyes, but I feel like it was far more noticeable in the earlier seasons just how mm-hmm. light his eyes are, where you mm-hmm. don't really catch yeah, it that yeah. much anymore. His eyes tend to look, the way the show shot, is shot now, where the it's a lot more warmer in tone, he tends mm-hmm. to look a little more hazel-eyed often. Well, so, didn't they I did notice that as well. A, I thought they made a conscious decision to try something new and start filming in the brighter colors. Was it third season? Because it was yeah, magnificent seven and it started, it, and it was jarring. It was so different. Yeah, but, and I do think a lot of it had to do with there were so many people. Not just like I, I mentioned the the fan art makers, but a lot of people who are just watching the show, I know my mother, when we started watching 
when I made her start watching and starting with season one, she would be really like, I don't know what's going on. I can't see. What is this? I, I can't see. Mm-hmm. Or she would miss mm-hmm. certain things because it was, it, was, it was almost difficult to watch. So I and do think that that was a, a response to that. They specifically even comment about it on the show in Hollywood Babylon in second season when mm-hmm. a very cold mm-hmm. character mentioned that the show is just too dark. You know, can they brighten it up some? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wasn't that an actual yeah. note they got from a TV uh-huh. exec, a network exec, and said, it's too dark, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hmm. So that's that's part of it. But yeah, it does, I, you know, I, in rewatching, it does add a nostalgia to it to see see it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely and, added to the mood. And the, you know, from the pilot, I love you know the first scene we get we see is Sam and Dean where Dean sneaks in the house, and mm. you know to scare Sam, and you know that finally the great scene of Jessica getting to meet Dean. You could tell. She's like, oh, Dean, your brother, you know, you can tell she's heard a lot about him, even though, you know, Sam and Dean specifically say they haven't really talked in two years. And Dean says mm-hmm. at one point, you know, if I called, would you even pick up? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they mm-hmm. hadn't been talking or anything. But you could tell he has said a lot of things about his brother um, because mm-hmm. Jessica was really happy to finally get to meet Dean. I, I always liked that little moment there. Yeah, there was a, I don't know if it was like sort of a, a little bit of a, like a writing mistake or a history mistake, but 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 Dean says, you know, we haven't, you know, they haven't spoken in two years. The call would you even pick up the phone? But Sam is about to graduate college, and he, as far as we know, it took him the normal four years, or the very no. Eric three. actually did an interview. He did an interview where he basically said, "Yeah, we messed the mask over it." He, uh, I'm sorry, they they messed up. Did he mean to say four yeah. years, Eric? Yeah, they messed up their own mask, and he was like, what mm-hmm. happened? Get over it. I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. paraphrasing. Pretty much like, yes, we're aware we messed it up. Uh, mask is hard. Too late now. Maybe they actually talked a little bit for the first two years, and then for some reason it, it just got bad, and they stopped talking for two yeah, years. But so I guess they meant for get, four years. The yeah, they would get the question, like, should we? is there any meaning to that? Like, what happened at the two-year mark? And he's like, no, we just messed up. Well, I it think happens. He, um, at, at the Paley Festival, I think mm-hmm. he even mentioned that at right. the Paley thing the first year, yeah. Right. So I um, I was watching the flashback and um, um, when Mary wakes up and hears the baby monitor and gets up to check and and the figure she thinks is John, of course, is, is the yellow-eyed demon and there's that extra scene where in, in one part when she sees him, she says, oh, it's you. But in the in the air pilot, of course, she doesn't mm-hmm. have a clue. And, and, she's, and I, all I kept thinking watching that scene, and then she goes downstairs and sees John and then, you know, starts screaming. And I'm, I kept thinking, but we know this is, this is demon hunter Mary Winchester, who wasn't that long I, out of hunting at this point. So, like, I was having the same thoughts. Not only that, like, watching it in retrospect, you do have that, like, the life you grew up in, and I think I would sleep with my children in the same room with me, like, one tucked under each <laughs> arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and also, 
And she knew from the deal she made with the yellow-eyed demon, you know, to save John, she knew that mm-hmm. he said he would be coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she saw the lights flicker and everything, and those are all, you know, signs of, of demons and ghosts. And she just was kind of tapping on the lamp like, hmm, I wonder what's causing that. And I'm like, ah, you know what's causing it, Mary. <laughs> not, not just that, like one of my main, and it comes up to, you know, after Jessica dies and Sam says, you know, he mentions how he should have told her. And so now that we have you know, the relationships that Sam and Dean have been in. And it was always been an issue of mine where, I, like, with, with Lisa, that I felt like it was really um, inappropriate and dangerous for Dean to go to Lisa because he had to know things were coming after him. I feel the same way about mm-hmm. Sam with uh, Amelia. Like, I feel like it's just really irresponsible of them. And so I feel... Watching in retrospect, I feel that way about Mary. I'm like, this is so irresponsible of you to not have told John what what to mm-hmm. worry about, what to look out for. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing, only thing I can come up with as an excuse for why she acts the way she does is that um, first of all, at the beginning, when after it first happened, she didn't want to freak John out more than he needed to be. And then, as time went on, and nothing creepy happened. I'm guessing she didn't, you know, she didn't hunt anymore after her parents were dead. She made the deal and she married John. I'm guessing, you know, she she quit with the hunting and nothing creepy happened for how what ten years or however many years it was, and so mm-hmm. she just kind of let you know got to thinking it wasn't going to happen anymore. It's the only thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Her life, there's always her, been... she finally had her normal safe life. There's always been parallels drawn, you know, not just within the show, but within the fandom for Meta, how Sam is more like John, but Dean is more like Mary, when I feel like it's the opposite, because Mary gave up hunting and she let the world just go on the same way Sam did with Amelia. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Dean and John are more the ones that are like, can't let go. Not and now ever. we have Grandpa Winchester in the mix who, you know, we've always thought John was thrown into hunting, didn't have a clue. But I, but well, he, he did was, have, he, he did have Grandpa clue, Winchester, who of course died sooner than John would have been able to, to know anything. But you also think about, well, that that's in John's history as well. You know, they were just, they were just, Sam and Dean were just doomed, <laughs> you know, on, on they both were sides destined of the family. To be created. What's that? They were destined to be created. Well, yes. Yeah, Cupid said so. Really? <laughs> you know, that was a match. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was so great watching the very beginning again, you know, with little little four-year-old Dean and baby Sam, and Dad gives him Sammy and says, you run out of the house, you know, take care of your brother, and he's been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And you're right, the guys look so young um, that making the show, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but it, it takes its toll. Those are long, tough hours, no matter how much fun they have. And, of course, they're, they're eight years older now as well. It, 
and it's it's just amazing how young how young they look young and lean and and uh, different. Well, also character wise, you know, Dean is while he's still you know he's still the same person, air post, he's a character, not a real person, but his character traits are more or less the same. The flippancy that he had in season one no longer exists. You know, he's still mm-hmm. a smartass, but he's not quite as glib anymore because mm-hmm. of everything he's had to go through. And I do have to, you know, commend the writers on the fact that it's not a jarring transition that's happened from one to eight, but a fairly, fairly gradual, just literal growing mm-hmm. up in Winchester. And Sam as well. Because I mm-hmm. remember first watching that, and I say this as, you know, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a Sam girl, but I remember watching the first season and thinking Sam was such a brat, such a whiny, mm-hmm. self-absorbed brat. Mm. Yeah. And, and I was, Sam, I was like, yeah, I get it. You lost your girlfriend. Uh huh. Yeah. In the in the first season, Sam, when he talks to um, like the people in peril, he he always he talks quiet and he has a quiet kind of whispery, soft voice. And uh-huh. he just and he doesn't use that anymore. And I find myself every now and then like missing that quiet, soft, whispery voice that Sam used to use. You know. Mhm. Yeah, they're both they're both more world weary now. You're right. I mean, Dean still has that kind of sense of humor and commentary, but it's nowhere near as light and glib and that sort of thing now, you know, of course, logically, he would not be the same person at all considering what he's been through, but. I always look back at the scene where he says no chick flick moments and think, oh, mm. Dean, if only he knew how many chick flick moments <laughs> yeah. you were going to be having. <laughs> oh, yeah, he like, he turns into Mr. Huggy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah, cries yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He becomes the attractive crying man before. Yeah, you know, exactly. The perfect single tear. <laughs> yeah. And um, our weekly Sam just hair report. In <laughs> the pilot, Sam's got basically his Dean Forrester hair, you know, kind of parted in the middle and like feathered kind of back toward on the sides. And then in the next episode, in Dead in the Water, and I mean, sorry, in Wendigo, uh, he's got the bangs going and the short curls kind of, you know, flicking out on the side. So his hair totally changed from the pilot to yeah, Wendigo. They did have the t- they did have the filming time time lapse. Mm, I have right. to say again with our Sam Winchester hair report. I know a lot of people miss the bangs and miss the season one hair, and that is still my least favorite hair of all eight seasons. I agree. Mm. And you and I have had this discussion. The best Sam's hair is in the first season is in um, Shadow and uh-huh. Something Wicked. And Something Wicked when he's wearing the purple dog shirt. Those are when his hair looks the best. In that, but overall, that season's hair is my... And it's also my least favorite Dean hair because, you know, you you don't realize how much hair, how much Dean's hair has changed because you just, you know, it's just a fade. But no, no, it, I don't like Dean's hair either. I would have to disagree with you on that one because I think Dean's best hair ever is in De- Dead in the Water. That's my favorite Dean mm-hmm. hair is in Dead in the Water. Mm-hmm. 
Agree to disagree. <laughs> Although that might be the, that might be his best hair of season one, but overall that that hair is not not his best hair ever. <laughs> now the pilot had some great guest stars in it. We got we had um, Sarah Shahi as the uh, woman in white, who she went on to do tons of things. Um, she's, mm. you know, had her own shows, and it's, I think she's on a USA Network show now, I think. And um, um, then she did, um, she had her own show, uh, oh, God, legal, 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 come on, fairly legal. And she's been guest starring here and there on Person of Interest as an extremely, extremely badass agent. And I guess she's on Chicago Fire, which I do not watch. Looking at okay. her list, but but yeah, she's she's terrific on person of interest, and she has a lot of fun on Fairly Legal. She had a great sense of humor. Um, what if she was in the L Word? I'm looking at her credits. Know that? Supernatural. Yeah, and I saw her as the woman in white. I'm like, oh wow, I've totally forgotten that she'd done that. And then Steve rails back to plays Constance Welch's husband, and. Joseph Welch loved him because of his role in X Files as um, Dwayne Barry, who kidnapped Scully. Yes, yes, I saw him. Like, oh my God, Dwayne Barry, a, a classic character, really, really classic character, so memorable. And oh yeah, great, Jeffrey Dean great Morgan. Show. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, Adrian Palicki, who played Jess, went on to Friday Night Lights, among other things. Yeah, I remember watching her, and I still, I still love her delivery of, you know, what, you know, Sam says, "What would I do without you?" And she just goes, "Crash and burn." <laughs> you know, not like, "Oh, honey, you'd be fine." Right, right. Nope. And I'm like, "Oh, oh no, don't, don't say that." <laughs> I know, crash and burn. It is one of those lines that even the first, like the first time I watched the pilot and she said it without even knowing what was going to happen, I was like, oh, she's going to die, huh? (laughs) It's such a foreshadowing lie. Like, what would I do without you? Crash a bird. Oh, oh, why? What I've always wanted with the pilot is, you know, you have when Constance reaches into Sam and he says, you can't kill me, I'm, I've never cheated. Like, when she says you will, is it just that idea of a woman scoring things, all men will cheat? Or was there some kind of foreshadowing that just didn't come to fruition? I always thought that was such a weird thing to just leave hanging like that. Mm. I always thought that kind of that she was, like irresistible, she was just not going to quit until she got the guy, and it's it was just very like chauvinistic of her to say, you know, yes, all men cheat, doesn't matter. It mm-hmm. may take some longer than others, but they all do, and she could push them that far, no matter what. Um, what did you think of the effects in the pilot? Because I was thinking that. They're so much better now. They I mean, are. not that they were bad. I mean, you have to understand. Yeah, no. At the time, watching it, like I said, even watching it in, like, late 2006 for me, 
I didn't feel like, mm, but technology has come such a long way for mm-hmm. the VFX uh, line of work that there are some things that just, if they don't look bad, but they do look dated. But that happens, mm-hmm. you know. Eventually, yeah, that happens in eight, it'll look dated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, Mulder and Scully had well, those newfangled like, oh. cell phones. Yeah. Well, Mulder and Scully yeah, had right. those fantastic cell phones they had that, you know, were like the size of a real landline phone these days. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But, I mean, they were still very cool, but just thinking about them compared to, like, what they do now, you know, it's really cool. And um, one thing that the show, because I'm, I'm watching the beginning of Wendigo right now, um, which is, to be completely honest, a very forgettable episode for me. Literally, I, my Guys, best friend not and I interrupt, to, not to interrupt, but I, I got to go for a minute. I'm going to hang up, but I will call back in just a few minutes. Okay? So okay. Watch okay. I'll, I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Come back soon. We'll miss you. Um, So you thought Wendigo was kind of, kind of just sort of monster of the week, run of the mill. Well, yeah, and my my best friend and I have a running joke because we used to randomly do, you know, name all the supernatural episodes to each other, and I'm talking randomly, like we'd be out eating somewhere and we just start listing the supernatural episode titles, and. By the time we got to like season, like season three, mid season three was airing, and we were trying to do it, and she went pilot, and I went, uh, and I was like, what's the second episode? And she couldn't remember either. She was like, uh, and we were like, skip, dead in the water. And like half an hour later, she like slammed her hand on the table and went, Wendigo! <laughs> and so it's still a running, it's still a running joke with us. Like whenever something, like whenever one of us goes, uh, I don't remember for anything, it's Wendigo. That's the answer for anything that's been forgotten. Yeah, it's like and, Wendigo. I bless you. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So and it, I find it, which was really funny to have it referenced in season eight, which is hilarious for me. So like, really, the episode that I find to be the most forgetful—that's the one we're <laughs> referencing in the very beginning of Clip Show. Okay. I I will I will take your irony with my with my doses. Um, well, I don't know if I'd, I'd say it was completely forgettable. I I actually liked it. Actually, liked it a lot. Um, I like you know I like the, uh, the brother in peril. You know, the rescue a little bit of hurt comfort. And speaking of cast, that had a pretty good cast too. You know, Callum Keith Rennie. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Corey oh, baby Cory Montes, baby Cory Montes, and and um, gosh, oops, who else is in that? I just thought um, Dolly uh, Rose. And then you we know. have. Hmm? Um, trying to remember her name. You probably just said it while I was thinking. Um, oh my God! Why am I going so blank right now? Um, oh, Gina means the sister. Um, Gina Holden, yeah, the sister. Yeah, we get the you know you go back to that you know that six degrees of separation thing because you know then we get you know she did Christmas Cottage with Jared, which I find is just hilarious when things like that happen. Oh, that's right. 
So, you know, you cast one in one in one production and the other one in the other production. Mm-hmm. I like your life. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not just a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and not like I said, not to say it's a bad episode because I don't find it to be a bad episode in in the least. It's just mm-hmm. not memorable to me, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting because you know it is it is for as far as setup of the lore of the show, it's it's fairly important because it's where you get the saving people, hunting things, the family business, mm-hmm. and you get the you get kind of the precursor of like you said, a, a brother in peril and the other sibling. Mm-hmm. Just determined That's to find true. out what happened, and you get some more fun Dean lines, like um, you know, I don't, I don't do shorts, honey, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and him snacking on M and M's and like you know, leaving a trail and, and that kind of fun stuff, and yeah. and then some more yeah, sort of sort of 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 um, flirty flirty Dean at the end. With the sisters, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, we, you know, we don't see that too much more, you know, nowadays. And it's a little bit sad because he gets to a point where he doesn't he doesn't flirt. He doesn't almost remember how. There's a point where he does not have sex for a while. I think. Um, and oh, so you know, I've always thought that forty years in hell and a year in purgatory. And yeah, his brother dying and all that. That's gotta mess with a man's libido. It's just gotta. I would think yes, and he certainly got like the best reasons in the entire universe for not feeling like uh, flirting, having sex, or or whatever. Well, but it's it's such a huge change from you know first couple of seasons, Dean. It's just just the progression, and then you know we have Sam, who you know. Who will? But then they die. So, you know, know, which which one? (laughs) Like, you know, neither neither one is a good idea. Uh, And a brotherhood also went to hell. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Whoever takes Sam and Dean, you know, there's a whole lot of baggage there. And I know. We agree about him going to see Lisa, Dean going to Lisa afterward because I just I just thought, Oh my god, you show she lets in someone who's out of his mind with grief, drunk, alcoholic, violent, with a car full of weapons. <laughs> and she's like, And oh, and you know, a never ending hit on his head. Yeah. <laughs> It's always been this thorn in my side, and I get, I've said, and um, Becky's not here to defend her side of the story, so good. Um, <laughs> I've always said, as a character, as a character trait, not only does it upset me about Dean, but as a mother, Lisa drives me nuts because I'm not a mother, and I can't fathom letting Dean Winchester into my house with my child. But no, mm-hmm. not that I think Dean's going to do anything to my child. I just no uh, no. So yeah, I have. I don't think you're the best mother ever. Issues with with Lisa. Yeah, yeah. I do not have children either, and I was like, mm, no. And I I think it's I I think it's great that he that she wanted to help him and be supportive, but she didn't have to have him move in to do it. 
Right. You know, well, I had gotten into and, I had gotten to a very friendly argument and I you know, we're still friends and everything, but with a friend of mine back when back during season S late season two where I had said, you know, yeah, but the thing is is we know what Sam and Dean do and we understand the Winchesters, but if I was in a bar and Dean Winchester walked up to me, after, you know, not the Dean Winchester we see, but the reality is that, like, you know, his, he'd be probably pretty grungy looking, still mm-hmm. good looking, and he'd be really cheesy, suave, not like, you know, he'd probably be an actual turnoff for a lot of people. I'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. sketchy dude, walk away. I don't care how hot he is, walk away. And she was like, no, you're just being, you know, superficial and judgmental. But I was like, no, he'd be sketchy. So I've always felt I've always kind of felt that way about Dean and Sam where I don't really the Sam and Dean in my head don't really look like the Sam and Dean we get on screen. They're far rougher mm-hmm. looking to me. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. you know, a bit a bit uh scruffy and dirty and rough around the edges and Yeah. Which, you know, Amelia well, does say later, you know, about Sam where Sam kinda of weirds her out at first. Mm-hmm. Well, for seven years, they lived out of their car. <laughs> exactly. I was always like, you know, not not a, you know, Dean Winchester is scary, homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, his clothes are probably, like I said, probably dirty. He probably isn't, you know, the one to carry around, like, really fancy cologne. He probably smells sweaty and weird. He's, you know, constantly playing so, with like he's constantly playing with hoodoo and all the he he can't smell he can't smell that good. Let's say he smells bad, but he can't really be like that that trigger that women have where we have that scent when a man smells really good. We're just like, oh, he smells good. Dean mm-hmm. Tucker doesn't smell like that to me at all. Well, you know, I don't like, know. the kind of guy where if you got near, like, oh, I'll just put the groceries in the trunk. Don't touch the trunk. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. The the only thing is is that where Dean hangs out, you know, he's sort of like, you know, he's sort of in his element, let's let's say, you know, possibly. That's true as well. But also, you know, I I don't know. I mean, we've also seen that they they try to do laundry. Um, For me, it's stuff like, in reality, their clothes hardly last because they're torn, ripped, full of blood, and God knows what else from every other creature that, that they hunt. They probably don't even try laundry. Most of the time it's like, oh, well, the clothes go in the dumpster because they they can't be saved. Um, well, that's one of the oh. things I think is hilarious. Like, many times they've both died or gotten into, like, really horrible fights with monsters. I the fact that Dean's busted plaid shirt, which is my favorite Dean shirt, made an appearance in season eight after Dean mm. died twice. And the first time we <laughs> see it is in season two. He's died to what was Sam carrying on a duffel of his brother's clothes? I'm confused how that shirt still exists. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I he loved it. He bought 12 of them. Who knows? <laughs> He bought everyone Clearly, they had in the still, store. He also used a really good detergent because my clothes fade faster than that shirt. Yeah, and um, I also you know, I wasn't homeless for yeah I wasn't homeless for twenty years. Um, hey Becky. Hey. Um, um. Also, 
Sam and Dean, you know, up until the point that they were healed or or got to restart everything um, by uh, uh, getting coming back from hell or whatever, both of them have spent most of their lives probably covered in scars and wounds, broken bones. They they do not look like Jared and Jensen. No, they look Which like is Sam why... and Dean. Yeah, and on two points of that, like, we'll get to it later. In fact, my absolute favorite episode of all time is Shadow. And it always mm. drives me nuts, though, that as deep as those gouges are in them, the next episode they're both perfect again. It, oh, that mm. drives me nuts. I, well, Jensen called it the magic WD healing cream. <laughs> right? Um, and obviously the makeup department can't constantly be drawing scars on them. I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just inconvenient, but <clears throat> that that um, was an irritation for me. But also, you know, by the time we get to season six, we get other people referencing, you know, these male model sons of bitches, and I'm like, no, 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 Sabatine <laughs> don't look like Sarah Jensen, no. <laughs> so, well, at a certain no. point, they have been healed and quite a bit, so they just sort of, when they're healed, have fixed everything, well, yeah. you know. So at the point, I understand. 16, but, yeah, Cassio 16, but Roman 6, Sam. Mm. Sam should still be full of scars. And dislocated fingers. Uh, I think they said, uh, there was a, there was somewhere that they said that... Um, the Sam was healed, like maybe when he was. I forget where it was. But they said, you know, he doesn't have the uh, the um, sigils on his um, ribs and everything anymore either, because he was healed from everything. And I forget where it was that they said it. If it was when he was pulled out of hell, or I don't remember that where it was. Sense. It doesn't make sense to me though. Just because just because they say it in that definitive tone does not mean it makes sense to me. I need something in canon. <laughs> I need something similar to Dean not having his anymore. <laughs> um, Becky, we were talking about Wendigo, and Vinny was saying that it's pretty forgettable for her. And Ooh, not me. In okay. the sense that I literally forget about it. Not like it's a bad episode, in the sense that I literally forget about this episode very often. Mm-hmm. Um. Wendigo, it scares, uh, you know, my, my my friend Becky, she's also Becky, it, it's the scariest thing she's ever seen, and she is a huge fan of horror films and everything. She she will not watch, she watched Wendigo one time, and we're, sorry, I'm, my dog's barking. <laughs> she watched Wendigo one time, and she refuses to watch it anymore, because she said it scared the crap out of her. And... What is that? Are we at a carnival? <laughs> no, there's a there's an ice cream truck coming down my street right now. <laughs> to come to my house. <laughs> Yay! I live near a school and a park and a field, so ice cream truck. <laughs> I I I do believe that the episodes in the first season are the creepiest and scariest out of all. Oh, I, I agree. I'm sorry, you need to get back on me. I see how they. You know, <laughs> um, 
Um, I they don't scare me, but I see how they would scare other people, and I didn't. I have forgotten jumping ahead of it. It doesn't more like an appreciation of creepiness kind of way than it actually scared me. I have forgotten how absolutely creepy Dead in the Water is because you know you just kind of get wrapped up in the memories of you know Dean and Lucas and all that. And I you know when the lake water fills up in that base that basin and it and it grabs the the brother and drowns and oh that's just creepy. The mm. way it's shot with the stop motion, it's creepy. So I I do get where people who scare more easily or already have those I I have a I have a friend who the idea of Bloody Mary frightens her to death anyway, so she can't watch mm-hmm. that episode. She got up in the middle of it and walked away and didn't come back until it was over. And she, to this day, has not ever rewatched it. Mm. So that is a really I, I, creepy I do, episode for me, too. That, mm. Yeah, I do think that where I kind of get off on those kind of things, I get where people who don't um, get wigged out. I, I totally get it with season one. And I do think that the creep factor... Is significantly lower now, although the gore factor is significantly higher. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you prefer one way or the other? Like, do you wish it was creepier um, and not I, so gory? Because I, because I don't scare. Um, I prefer the gore because at least the gore kind of grosses me out a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't mind being grossed out. So, mm-hmm. I, part of me. But likes the gore a bit better. I like the scenes, you know, later on when we get, uh, you know, Sam's eyeball almost getting gouged out and his fingernails getting pulled out and things like that. Like for me, yeah, like for me in skin, when Dean's shedding his skin or the shapeshifter thing is shedding his skin and when his nails scrape, that's the kind of stuff that grosses me out. Mm-hmm. Anything that has to do with like fingernail scraping or teeth and eyeballs. That grosses me out, so at least I get that little bit of a thrill, that little bit of a jump. I don't get it with, like, urban legends or ghosts. It doesn't happen to me, so I prefer the gore. Hmm. What do you guys prefer? I don't like the gore as much as the creepiness. I, uh, hmm. I, oh boy, if you made me choose, I'd probably say creepy and not gore. I mean, it doesn't, gore doesn't bother me. Sometimes I'm like, black, but it doesn't bother me. Like, in other shows like, like House, you know, or um, CSI or whatever, so, and they all have a pretty high ick factor, gore factor. I'm just like, mostly, mostly, it's got to be a lot to bug me, because otherwise I, say, I eat dinner and watch those shows, and like, whatever, so, yeah, creepy, but, but creepy, yeah, creepy, creepy, you have like Bloody Mary in the mirror, you know, <laughs> if I get up in the middle of the night and like go in the bathroom, I do not look at the mirror, <laughs> I will not look at myself, which is so stupid, but I can't help it, but that's me.
Sorry, I'm in the water. I've got some things going on here at home right now, and that's why I'm not very talkative. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just sitting here, again, like I said, Wendigo is for, it's forgetful for me, but I'm admiring the shot they have um, in Wendigo of Sam sitting against the tree stump with um, John's journal in his lap. Again, you know, talking about how the show visually has changed. Beautiful shot. Mm. Um, for Dead in the Water, Jensen has said for years that was the episode where he first got a handle on the character of Dean. Like a fully many-layered, complex character. And that really is... I happened to catch that on TNT the other day, too, because they're, they're in, in the midst of first season. And the scene where he tells the little boy trying to get him to talk or help with the case and says how... Um, about his mom would want him to be brave, so he tries every day to be brave. And Sam's, you know, listening in the background and getting a little more insight into into Dean. And then Dean saying, you know, when he went through something bad, he didn't talk either. And isn't it in the comics, the comic books, that Dean supposedly did not speak for six months after the fire? Mm-hmm. Which has always Which, been oddly one of my favorite, like, canon things. Would mm-hmm. be being like a traumatized four-year-old that did, that didn't speak, and was still probably having to take care of his little brother, you know, his baby, mm-hmm. literal baby brother at the time, and being silent and like just the idea of like when you kind of fill in those things in your head, mm-hmm. um, what that must have been like for Dean and for John, and one of, always been one of my favorite you know canon things about Dean is that he didn't speak after. I also like yeah. the foreshadowing we get in Dead in the Water, you know, we go from Dean who's like, I don't know what to do with kids, I don't even know any children, to basically being like the kid whisperer from then on, you know. <laughs> even even yes. now, if there's a mm-hmm. child involved, please point Dean Winchester at them because he will, he will make everything better. Right. Yeah, that's one of my and favorite things too, about them not speaking. One of the things that's always kind of like missed opportunity bugged me about the the dialogue in Dead in the Water is, you know, when he says kids are great and Sam mocks him for it, I always thought it would have been such an easy retort for Dean to be like, I raised you. And yeah. then he didn't do it. And it's, it's always been like one of those missed opportunity things for me. It's like, no. Again, because of the way I feel about Sab in season one, it would have been like, you, please tell your little brother what a jerk you be because you raised him. Mm-hmm. But so. Yeah. I mean, again, getting a little bit, yeah, a little bit of, of ahead of ourselves, but the episode in It's Phantom Traveler when Dean's so proud of making that homemade EMF meter and Sam just poo-poos it, you know, and just rains all over his parade. I remember thinking... Well, you try it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, and we, we've talked about me. before on our podcast, you know, the EMS meter, and also, you know, we talked about how, like, rebuilding a car is, that's, no, no, no idiot can come in and do that. But mm-hmm. clearly, Dean Winchester is smart. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always bothered me that, that Sam doesn't acknowledge the fact that an EMS, EMS meter out of a Walkman is pretty freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an accomplishment. I mean, 
forty plus year car running too. You know, especially mm-hmm. all the miles, especially all the miles that's that's put on her, you know, all the time. It's pretty pretty amazing. Although, and speaking... Hmm? I do have to say as well, like, I think the show not only forgets sometimes how smart Dean is, but up until recently, I feel like they did for, kind of forget how smart Sam is. Because here's a kid who moved around his whole life and still got a full ride to Stanford and was perched mm-hmm. on the precipice of getting a full ride for Stanford Law and a 174 at a 175 LSAT. And mm-hmm. I do feel like his his level of book smart kind of fell off for a long time until, you know, the men of letters kind of forced them to resurrect that, but... I think they tend, which when we get, no, we're not going to do that. I was one of my issues in season three, since we're not going to rewatch season three for this, um, with the character of Bella, where Bella made Sam and Dean look constantly stupid, when these are two very mm-hmm. smart men. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they was, made, that was a big... Mm-hmm. Well, it bothered me that to make her look better, Sam and Dean were written stupid, and they aren't. Exactly. Instead of writing her smarter than they're, than they're smart, they wrote them dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that always. Uh, and me so instead that. of her being just a, just so smart to be one step ahead, they wrote them as constantly one step behind. Mm-hmm. And I, I had I had yeah. a huge I had a really big issue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had issues with that. I had issues with Bella. I was perfectly happy to see her dead and off to hell <laughs> at the end of the season. Yeah. Like it's just, just, she was a a character gone back that was, I thought actually had a really interesting premise, but did not go well. But anyway. the execution was shaky. Mm-hmm. But, um, and of course, you know, dead in the water, um, we'd be remiss as three Weedonverse girls to not mention Amy Acker. Mm. Which I have to admit that was that was the actual moment that that Supernatural hooked me for real. Mm-hmm. I watched the pilot. I was like, "This is okay." That got me because it was a play on La Llorona, and I okay, episode two, okay, no, Amy Acker. And I was like, "Okay, you win, Supernatural. You win. Well played." <laughs> yeah, and for me, having her and Daniel Hugh Kelly in the same episode because I loved Hardcastle and McCormick. Um, it was just such a fun show for me. I mean, it's old, it's way, way, way back now, but it was so fun to see him again. That was another episode with a really great supporting cast. So, and of course, Amy from Buffy. So, yeah, nice. just great. And to have her being flirting with her a little bit was so much fun. So much fun. Um, but, you know, Amy, Amy's phenomenally talented. So, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Fantastic to see her in an, in, in, in in the episode. Do you watch Person of Interest? I do not. She has a recurring role on there that will freak you out. She is light years away from from Fred, and I won't say she's like Illyria, huh. but it's more like that. And and she's 
just amazing in it. That's a great show anyway. I I resisted it for a long time thinking it was another procedural and it's a whole lot more than that. That's great. Really, really interesting, well, great and characters to, and chemistry and Amy's in it. Hmm? Yeah, to brag on Amy some more, you know, for anybody who like me that watched Angel and, you know, just went, eh, you know, she's just obviously a one-note actress, and then the minute she changes into Illyria, you're like, oh, oh, no, mm-hmm. she's she's bad freaking tastic. Mm-hmm. And then to see, you know, another facet of her in Dead in the Water, which is, mm-hmm. you know, far more playful even through her strife, when she's very playful mm-hmm. in the beginning when she walks them to the motel, you know, it's a, another facet of her. Mm-hmm. And then in the water, what we also get, because I'm at that scene right now, I mean, of course, everyone knows how I feel about Swan Song, but this is, I always gave credit to the writers for being able to call back on the little green uh, army men. And mm-hmm. that, you know, this is the episode where we get Dean saying that he used to love those. Yeah. Despite how I feel about Swan Song overall, uh, commend <laughs> for that. Well, yeah, I love those little memories and callbacks and things, you know. I really, I really do. And looking at these, these three episodes, again, especially the pilot, um, we have the very beginning of, of the Impala being the third character, so special, being baby, how Dean feels about her from the very first episode. You know, like he says to Sam when Sam drives the car through the house at the end to to, um, to deal with Constance, and he says, you know, if you've hurt my car, I'm going to kill you, <laughs> you know, and he needs it, <laughs> I think. And I, that was that was fun for me to, to see again. It's like, wow, you know, Dean and Baby go way back. And I was driving to work yesterday morning and I was at a red light behind a 65 Mustang and I thought this is the car that was almost Sam and Dean's car and I'm like no no I can't picture Sam in it alone let alone with Dean and all the weapons and everything they have to do with it, going cross-country. Like, no thank God for, say, Eric Kripke's next-door neighbor. <laughs> the car uh-huh. like, like, no. Mustang, no. Mm-mm. Nope. And nothing against Mustang. And, absolutely and not. Wendigo, we, and I like in Wendigo, we got two Battlestar Galactica alumni, um, we got um, Donnelly Rhodes as the um, victim from when he was a child. Now he's a grizzled old man. And he um, was smoking, which was a big thing he did as the doctor on Dallas Star Galactic. Even though he was a doctor, he was always smoking. And then we got him back in this current, the eighth season of Supernatural. So it was cool seeing him mm-hmm. back. That's and, right. And then, oh, his name's is Cal- Callum Keith Rennie. Callum um, Keith Rennie, who was, mm-hmm. who was the, um, uh, he wasn't a ranger. Well, I don't know what his title was. That um, Haley and her brother hired to help her find a brother. Um, so you know, he was a Cylon. So it was you know another Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. person. 
and then Rick Worthy, who was also a Cylon, you know, he was on the show. So it's cool seeing, you know, all the different Battlestar Galactica people on the show. I love mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Got way, way, way too dark. Way too dark for me at the end, but I hung in there. She never oh, see, the, the last seasons were my favorite, so. Mm-hmm. Finding out who the final five were and all that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, I can't think of her name now. The girl plays Haley. Um, she was in, of course, uh, Thomas T. Cage movie with Jared. Uh, so. I was like, really? Yeah, we were talking about that too. Like, she got to kiss both of them. Like, I kind of love her life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Gina Holden, and it's funny because because Cindy ah, couldn't yeah. think of her name either. <laughs> I could. It took me. It took me like forty five seconds. I was like, I know this. And mm-hmm. Susan, did you watch? Did you watch Blood Ties? Uh, when it was on, it was the last time. So. Is that the one Vampires. that you kind of make me watch? Yes. Yes, it is. With Kyle Schmidt. Oh, uh, Kyle Schmidt. Um, Gina Holden was a recurring character on um, Blood Ties, which was a show about a vampire and a private detective. And, you know, I started watching was, that, and I really liked it, and I don't know what happened to me. Well, I somehow got, got away, or I couldn't <laughs> find it or something, and I, I, I really liked it. <laughs> She was a gothic oh, oh. type um, secretary for um, the person who was a private detective. But yeah, it was a good, really, really good show. I loved it. Yeah, so, well, you know, it's, for me, it's like there's t- too much TV, not enough hours in the day. You know, there's yes, so many yes, shows yes. I love to watch. And I have so many shows on my TBR. No, I watch. Oh, yeah. like Literally four shows that I can actively keep up on. No, I'm lying. Three. I can pretty much do Supernatural and maybe fit in two to three other shows in my life at a time. That's it. Mm. Yeah, thank thank goodness for my DVR. <laughs> That's all I can say. There's a, there's a lot of things I will just, you know, give up. I'll DVR them and I'm like... Got six episodes of the show, but I haven't watched them. No, and I'll just—I won't even bother. If you're listening to us live right now, just to let you know on the CW. If you're on the East Coast, or in trial and error, Supernatural season eight, trial and error is on. So you can have it on in the background while you're listening to us right now, if you like. Double <laughs> <laughs> background. Yes, surrounded, surrounded by Supernatural. <laughs> Always a good thing. That's going to be the name of my like my autobiography. Surrounded, surrounded by supernatural. Surrounded by surrounded supernatural. By, surrounded by supernatural. People go to buy it thinking it's a horror story. We're like, no, no. Just, <laughs> nope, not at all. Nothing scary ever happened to me. <laughs> while, while I was gone, did y'all mention the big scene from when you guys sitting on the campfire about John's journal? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think that was the big scene. That was the big scene of that episode. That was the best one. Where we we hear about John's journal. We get the saving people, family business, oh, you know, saving people hunting things, the family I business. Say, like, that. Just, yeah, I said despite the fact that we get like iconic moments, and that was one of them. It's that was, mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. That's not how it's how I forget the episode despite that. Um, but yeah, and then I got distracted by 
Stanley against a tree stump holding the journal. Oh, uh, right, that right. Into that. <laughs> and I remember talking about this when the show first aired, um, the similarities between this episode and there's an X-Files episode, which are pretty much exactly the same. The same storyline. Uh, the name of the episode escapes me right now. Susan, do you remember it? It's where uh, Mulder and Scully get trapped in the woods, and there's like this um, invisible type monster, and it turns out it's like a Wendigo person. It's like you know people thousand you know who lived hundreds of years ago eating people, cannibals, and they became um, so strong. And uh, I forget the name of oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Mothman. It's the Mothman. They're green with the red eyes and. And everything. Yeah, and they're like invisible yes. because they're, they, they're like chameleons. They match in with their background. Mm-hmm. And oh, whenever you see the red eyes in the boy's house, like coming down the hallway, I think that just creeped me out more than anything in the X Files episode. But there's so much, you know, with the guys detour. in the detour. Yes, and there's so many similarities between it and this episode. They're very much alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always wondered if the lake in Dead in the Water, is that Lake Okoboji? Um, uh, yes, uh, it is. I believe it is the same lake. It's Bunsen Lake, isn't it, in, in real life? Is that what it is? Or is I'm that a sure. name from another TV show? I don't know. I've seen it named so many things. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it's in yes. everything ever filmed in Canada. Um, the only yeah. thing that the... Supernatural episode didn't have that the X Files had, which I wish Supernatural had was I would love to see Sam Dean singing Jeremiah was a bullfrog. That would have been not a great scene on, in the episode. <laughs> that was such a great I scene. I love so that episode of X Files. Confused right now. <laughs> You're so what? Confused. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> Every time you guys X Files out on me, I'm like, uh, I know the one episode with the lamprey looking thing that with all the teeth, but I know that one. But that's that's oh, the extent of my X Files moment. Oh, yes, Mulder. everybody from ever going into a porta potty ever, 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 ever. <laughs> yes. that's the only episode of X Files I actively remember because my father used to watch X Files religiously, and um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one and of these shows that every time an episode ended, I always felt like the sh- like it wasn't actually over. Like you missed you missed your closing scene. There has to be more. No, that's it. Oh, okay. You said it drove me nuts. In Detour, so. Mulder's been Mulder's been injured by the Wendigo creature thingy, and so um, and they're trapped in the woods, and so to keep him awake, because Sully doesn't want him to go to sleep because he's injured. And she's trying to build a fire, and so to keep him awake, Mulder asks her to sing a sing a song, and he doesn't think she will actually, but she does, and she sings Jeremiah as a bullfrog, and it's it's very very funny because she it has no she has no singing voice, so it's basically terrible, but it's really really funny. And and doesn't like Mulder's eyes just kind of pop open when she starts saying, yeah, like, yeah, when he yikes, goes, this is a mistake. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's doing it. <laughs> and she can't sing. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great episode. I like that it was one of my Florida, too, yeah. not too much stuff is. And it actually looked pretty good it's, for Florida for a change. It's a really good episode. Hmm. 
up and and they fell in the hole and they needed to like they were doing these sort of office like like office um relationship activities where you know you learn stuff about all your coworkers and that kind of stuff and some mother said something about building a pile of bodies to get out of the hole you know it's right. like <laughs> they were the the morale building seminar or whatever they were going to was they mm-hmm. build a tower out of office furniture and things so he was going to build a tower out of dead people and <laughs> <laughs> so he could climb out yeah I thought it was appropriate <laughs> <laughs> oh well good episode yes yes one of my favorites still confused. Yeah, you have, you have to watch. We'll have to watch it sometime. I watch it sometime, and then you won't be confused. In all your spare time, oh. because the X Files is ten seasons long. So no, really the first I seven. actually the last time uh, Becky and I were in Vancouver in um, the beginning of November, I actually just had her run it all down for me, so I don't ever have to watch it. So I know the same bullet points, and we're good. <laughs> I won't spoil it for anybody else who's like me and hasn't seen it, but I know the main stuff. And we're good. Yeah. But I'm still trying to fit three three seasons of Veronica Mars into my life. I can't I can't commit to ten seasons of X Files. It's just never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have one season of Moonlight, that's all there was, with Alex O'Loughlin, and I'm only halfway through and I can't seem to finish it. Well, the second the second half, the first half of Moonlight sucks. Second half is really good. So you're just getting to the good part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. I like it. I just can't seem to get back to it. And then the other night I I had a sudden, sudden urge to watch. I needed, like, some comfort food TV, and I put in the first season of The Big Bang Theory, which I adore and have seen over and over and over. So I got distracted from Moonlight by... Sheldon. <laughs> I will I will say, since you mentioned, we'll go back to Supernatural, um, as much as I complain about how I have no time to watch TV and I just don't have time and, oh, my God, I have no time, my mother and I watch at minimum two hours of Big Bang Theory reruns every single day. Mm. So the fact is that I'm full of it. I just have my priorities are very Big Bang Theory oriented. So I have total oh. time to watch that every single day, but I don't have time to commit to anything else. <laughs> so full disclosure, I'm full of it. <laughs> um, no. and, and going back to what Becky said, no, you know what? I'm going to have to say you're really wrong about Dean's hair and in, in the water. Dean's hair? His hair. She said Dean's hair and in, in the water. Becky did. It's his best hair ever. No. I've come to the conclusion <laughs> that I don't think I like it. No, well, you're ju- you're ju- you're just wrong. <laughs> you know what? I get really I get really like obsessively annoyed when when Dean's uh fade is uneven cuz it's uneven a lot and I don't know if it has to do with like Jensen's head or like the rate of <laughs> like his hair grows on one side versus the other, but his fade is consistently uneven for the past eight years. And 
And I only notice it because I also have an obsession with how perfect his cheekbones are. So I have no choice but to always see the side of his head as well. And so, yeah, the fade drives me nuts. Is it because Dean, not not Jensen and not on a show, but is it because Dean cuts his own hair or Sam does it? I will accept that head cannon. You know, I, I, I think that's probably it. And it's like, it's like for him, it's practical. You know, there's not a whole lot of vanity involved. And, well, and I will accept that head canon and claim it as, okay. as real canon. We're good. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Which always reminds me, too, like, like you said, practical. And I also think about John being a Marine. Yeah, we have have the entire time we've ever seen their childhood, Colin has very similar hair to Jared. And I always think that I can't fathom John Winchester allowing that. Mm. It's just always one of those things I'm like, I can't see where John Winchester did not shave his son's head in his sleep. Well, then, (laughs) in the the pilot episode, we see Sam get that picture off of John's mirror and it shows the kid playing Dean has long hair. And well, yeah, and four-year-old Dean does as well. No. So yeah, and, and that Dean, Dean has the, but by the time we meet Brock Kelly mm-hmm. Dean, um, or as I like to call him, the guy who plays Dean Winchester. Um, <laughs> I miss Brock Kelly so much. Anyway, <laughs> By the time we get Rock Kelly's deed, we know we're, we're back to the, the fade. We're already at the fade. So, we know. Mm-hmm. But in that picture, you know, he looks about 14. So I always think it's just so interesting to me because not only I feel like John would literally be militant, but um, also I feel like the long hair would be such a liability. Reach out and grab you by the hair. Yeah. And and as much as we love season eight Sam Winchester hair, his gorgeous long that is rock star hair. hair is completely foolish in their well, line of work to have hair have, that can so easily grab. Yeah, not only that, as many people have discussed throughout the years, not only is it impractical for their hunter lifestyle, but if an FBI agent came to my door with Sam Winchester's hair, I'd be like, no. no, lies. No, 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 not that kind of agent. I mean, there's plenty of, of agencies where, yes, that hair would be practical for undercover work, so he would look completely exactly, natural, but, but not in not as they play FBI agents and those kinds of exactly. cases. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, your suit is standard issue, but your hair, mm-mm, no. And they don't, they don't shave often enough for those because, I'm sorry, you're an FBI Agreed. agent or that kind of agent. You shave every day. There is no And we do, yeah, especially, like, especially Dean and, you know, in the behind the scenes for season one, uh, the day in the life, Jensen talks about how he has to have the five o'clock shower to age him up. Mm -hmm. But, like you mentioned, you know, it's completely unacceptable in the line of work they pretend to be in during, uh, you know, during the day. Mm -hmm. That would get you, that would get what you written up in a heartbeat. So... You know, telltale signs, and all these people just keep letting them into their houses with long hair and five o'clock shadows. Mm. That's why monsters are coming after you. You're not right. <laughs> nope. But you know, reality. 
<laughs> Doesn't enter well, into the <laughs> at all. Exactly. Because if the show was really like reality, not only would they be walking up to a door with that hair, that five o'clock shadow, but by now they'd be missing a few teeth maybe and long scars across the face and it just wouldn't work mm-hmm. out. So yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they can they should barely be able to walk between between broken bones and arthritis and a limp and Oh my goodness, no. No, 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 no. But that's okay. Um, They're not the only show that does that. I was just thinking, because, you know, we discussed it during Clip Show, and um, Becky and I have talked about it with um, Clarissa, who was on our uh, finale podcast, uh, about reoccurring um, one-shot characters coming back, and Becky and I tend to disagree on which characters we'd like back. But after Clip Show aired, and now that I'm watching um, Dead in the Water, I, Lucas is one of those characters where, like, you know, now he's eight years older. So I, I he's one of those that I do sometimes wonder, like, what happened to Lucas? Like, what's his life like now? Does he ever think mm. about Sam and me? Like, he is one of those characters that I would like to see come back, or at least that I'm curious about. And there's very few one-shot characters that I feel that way about. Very, very few. Um I'm the one person in fandom who never wants to see Missouri Mosley ever again. Sorry, I love Loretta Devine, but no. Mm. I never want to see her again. Um, so very, very rarely do I feel that way about a one-shot character, but Lucas is one that I'm, I'm like, my head is still mm. curious about. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, it may just be a coincidence, it may have been on TNT, but... but shoot, it was either, was it Adam Glass or Robbie Thompson tweeted they were watching Home again. Um, I remember thinking, hmm, they watching it for a reason? Going to see Missouri <laughs> Like, hmm. Of course. You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. We'll discuss my issues with that when we get to that episode because my issues are plenty. <laughs> I uh, I do have some issues with her, actually. I do. Some things I liked about her and some things I'm like, I don't think I like the way you're talking to Dean. <laughs> My, yeah, like I said, we'll wait. <laughs> I, yeah. will, I will unleash my unpopular <laughs> opinions and everyone can, everyone will conveniently forget about the way I feel about Swan Song and start being upset <laughs> about the way I feel about Missouri. And we'll be fine. <laughs> Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that, and I always say, like that's the, that is one of the things that I enjoy about this fandom in particular. I haven't been involved in very, very many fandoms in my life. Like, my only fandoms have ever been, you know, Buffy and Angel, which I consider one fandom. Um, Queer as Folk and Supernatural. Those are my only real fandoms I've ever had in my life. And I think Supernatural, one of the things I appreciate about it more than those other um, fandoms were how diverse the opinions are and how how moments can be looked at so differently. And where I feel like with Buffy and even with Chris Folk, even if you kind of saw into something, like you would be like, no, you're wrong and this is why, or you're right and this is why. Where Supernatural, there is almost no right and wrong. And I... Mm-hmm. Really, always like that. 
Yes. Well, depends on what faction your fandom you happen to be in, because sometimes it's you're wrong and I'm right, and that's the end of it. But I see what you're talking about. I may I may read somebody's meta or someone's tweet or somebody's something, and I will think you're wrong as far as mm-hmm. my opinion goes. But I cannot really say like you're definitively wrong and go sit in the corner. <laughs> no matter how bad I want to, sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're on you're on timeout. No internet for you. Go sit in the corner. Uh, but that is one thing that I have to say that I do appreciate about Supernatural and mm. where, you know, I can think Dean's hair is not really that good and Becky can think it is that good in, in Dead in the Water. And, you know, the reality is neither one of us is right or wrong. Except that I'm right. <laughs> Except for you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, any final closing thoughts on the first three episodes? They're very good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Well, I was I was just thinking that, you know, a, a pilot has a tough time for any show because it has to do so much in, like, 42 minutes or whatever. And watching the pilot again, I was thinking, you know, for a pilot, this is, this is darned good. They did a good job of making it interesting, Back making position. the characters interesting, making you curious. Well, you have to. I mean, you just you don't have too much choice in the first episode because you've only got so much time to hook as many people as possible or at least enough to have them say, okay, it's not perfect, but it's enough for me to try it again one more time you know, and, and stick with it. So I thought in, in the case of pilots in general, it was a good one. I have to agree because, um, you know, you get the, ex, you know, expedition of pilot is always something that can just sound so clinky, so clunky, and Supernatural had so much exposition to provide in a pilot. It really mm-hmm. had to set up so much, and I think it does it well as far as, you know, the way Sam sets up how his childhood was, it's more of a, instead of explaining it, it's more his resentment towards it. And so you get an mm-hmm. idea of it better than him just saying, like, this is how, hey, Jessica, this is how I grew up. Wasn't it really, really hard? Uh, my life was hard. It, it was much better. Mm-hmm. It was really well done, in my opinion. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think the pilot is one of the best pilots that I've ever seen. And I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. is, is definitely one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were talking about um, Sam and Dean sometimes not being fair to people like Lisa and Amelia and and Jessica. And I'm reminded that I know Sam didn't want to hunt anymore and he left, supposedly left that life behind but you see him packing to go with Dean, and he's got this huge curved knife he's putting in that bag. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, you weren't entirely out of this. It's like it's like I remember and I'm going to be prepared, but he never bothered to tell Jessica about any of it. So, which is like, what yeah. we, you know, mm-hmm. when we were discussing the irresponsibility of it, you know, you know, you get the moment where Dean tells him he got a practice, and he flips Dean, and Dean says maybe not. So he obviously kept himself in shape. 
Mm-hmm. And he didn't just have a re- like you said he didn't just have a regular knife under his bed he had that thing, and so mm-hmm. whether he's going to go back into the hunting world or not, the he's not unaware of the fact that he has to be vigilant to some degree. Mm-hmm. So that does circle back to my yeah my my and, and you may not be hunting. And, I mean, you may not be hunting anymore, but there are things hunting you if mm-hmm. you spend that much time in that life. So, yeah. And what else? Dead in the Water is responsible for one of my favorite moments in any gag reel, one where Jensen leaps <laughs> into Jared's arms on the top. Like, thank you. And the beauty of that is how seamlessly Jared catches him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Jensen, you know, he looks small next to Jared, but he's not. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> here's a six-foot man jumping into your arms, and you're just like, oh, let me catch you. Yep, no problem. And we're out on a, on a, on a narrow dock in the middle of a lake. <laughs> you know, luckily nobody went in the water. But yeah, it could have happened. Nope. Yep. Yeah. One of my favorite Bagra moments as well. Mm. Well, have we have Becky, we final thoughts? What? I, I asked Becky if she's going to leave her final thoughts as thumbs up. Ah, oh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed the whole thing there. What? <laughs> we'll, go with, we'll go with yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> Completely. I totally agree. Thank you. <laughs> if only it were that easy all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, 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 I was saying, oh, um, I, our, our summer podcasts are like a summer theme, so we will sort of be a little bit loose with scheduling, so I can't exactly say next week. It might be the week after, um, but probably the next three episodes, whenever we do here. And that will be Phantom Traveler, Bloody Mary, Speak of the Devil, and Skin. Two out of three of some of my favorites. Yeah, the awesome, awesome, awesome episode, Skin. And uh, Phantom Traveler, also some favorite, favorite lines in there. Yes. The story has issues, but there's some really wonderful stuff in there. So, yeah, be next time. <laughs> Especially in retrospect, but we'll talk about that next yes. time. Oh, yes. Um, right. Well, then that's it for us tonight, guys. Thanks for that's listening, it. everybody. Yep, thank you so much. And that was then. This is now. <laughs> um, summer podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And... I guess that's it. We're good. Good night. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.